The following is a CJBT Productions podcast. This is the free version of the Music History Today Weekly Edition podcast number 200. This week we go over the music charts and we make the case for putting the Go-Go's and Iron Maiden into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let's get some podcast business out of the way before we begin. As of now, I am doing both free and paid podcasts. As for the free podcast that you will still find on whatever podcast platform that you're listening to me on, I will still be doing the daily Music History Today for whatever date podcast. I will also be doing a free version of the weekly edition and the EDM podcasts. Now for the paid part. I've started a Patreon page where I have a couple of tiers at the moment. Tier 1 gives you the Music History Today daily podcast, the full version of the weekly edition podcast, and the full version of the EDM podcast, along with a minimum of four extra podcasts per month. Those podcasts, on that tier at least, will be the top albums podcast, the top singles podcast, and the top dance songs podcast with the Music Halls of Fame podcast moving into this tier and will actually now only be a monthly podcast. That tier will cost you $5 per month. There may also be another special podcast added on that tier. It all depends on the month, but those four podcasts are guaranteed each month. That's a minimum of 10 podcasts a week, plus two podcasts dropping every Monday through Wednesday. For Tier 2, you will get the Music History Today daily podcast, the full versions of the Weekly Edition podcast, and the full versions of the EDM podcast, along with all of the paid podcasts on Tier 1, along with a minimum of at least four additional podcasts per month. That tier is $10 per month. The additional podcasts on that tier are the Top Dance Songs by Decade podcast, the Award Show History podcast, and the Music and Concert Venues podcast. I'm also adding another monthly podcast to that tier called Music's WTF Moments podcast, where I look at some of the most controversial, sad, or strange moments in music history. The Music History Today In-Depth podcast will be added for this tier as well and will still be a weekly podcast. And much like Tier 1, it all depends on the month, but those four podcasts are guaranteed each month for Tier 2 only. And I will probably add another podcast or two to that tier as well. So for that tier, there is a minimum of 12 podcasts a week with two podcasts dropping every Monday through Friday for most weeks. And if you like the history of music and want to support my love of bringing it to you, then please, please join my Patreon page. The link is in the show notes. 
the free podcasts are also on my YouTube page now. Just search Music History Today on YouTube or go to the link in the show notes below. Like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you'll always know when the new videos come out. I also put extra podcast videos on there. Not the full paid podcast, but small segments and topics. So check out the YouTube page for some extra goodies. First off, let me touch upon the fact that this is the 200th edition of this particular podcast. What started out as a labor of love is slowly but surely turning into a business now. So, to the thousands of people who listen to the podcast, at least according to the analytics, thank you. I hope you've enjoyed them and will consider joining my Patreon and also my YouTube page. You know, like, subscribe, tell your friends, all that good stuff. All right, celebration and patting on the back is over with. Let's get on to the news, shall we? Let us start with the Grammy Awards, which will be handed out next Sunday night. We will go over the proceedings in two weeks since the podcast for next week will be recorded the morning before the awards telecast actually begins. My prediction, I'll say it right now, Taylor Swift will win Album of the Year. There you go. The Golden Globe Awards, though, were handed out last week. Musically speaking, Andra Day won Best Actress in a Movie Drama for The United States vs. Billie Holiday, while Chadwick Boseman won Best Actor in a Movie, Musical, or Comedy for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. For the actual music categories, Soul took home the award for Best Original Movie Score, marking... The, a win for Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross from Nine Inch Nails, and John Baptiste, who is the band leader for Stephen Colbert's Late Night Talk Show. By the way, Best Original Movie Song was If See, Seen for the movie The Life Ahead, for those of you who actually saw that movie. Despite the pandemic, or maybe because of it, Record labels had a really good 2020. The music industry as a whole made $1.2 billion more dollars than it did in 2019, when everything was literally up and running. Meanwhile, specifically, UMG, Universal Music Group, made a 3.8% profit, mainly due to streaming because every other revenue was down last year. So streaming literally saved that company's butt. New York City music venues can reopen on April 2nd, which is only a month away. They have to be, however, at no more than 33% capacity. That should change by May, and then by June, everything should be back up and running unless something weird happens in the next couple of months. But, you know, fingers crossed. Cautiously optimistic, I would say, at this point. Meanwhile, that has not changed matters with certain venues. For instance, the CMA Fest has been canceled for 2021. SoundCloud announced that they will pay creditors or creators, I should say, not based on the number of streams, but on the number of people who are streaming the songs. So they will now pay their creators 
on the number of people. That way one person doesn't jack up a stream and I guess. I don't know, but it sounds a lot better. Here's hoping it works out. Orthodox Christian protesters took to the streets of Cyprus to protest Cyprus's entry in the Eurovision Song Contest. They believe that the song, El Diablo, is satanic, and not just the name. The protesters want the song to be withdrawn. Square has bought a majority stake in Tidal. This marks the second major deal that Jay-Z has done in the past two weeks after selling a majority stake in his champagne brand. T.I., his wife, Tiny Harris, and members of his entourage are part of an investigation into sexual harassment and abuse. A lawyer has come forward to state that at least 30 women in 11 states alleged to have been forced, drugged, raped, kidnapped, and then intimidated into silence. Five other women told the New York Times similar stories. The lawyer is requesting criminal investigations in at least two states. We will keep on top of that situation. Rapper OMBPZ, in the meantime, was arrested and charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon after a shooting on the set of Roddy Rich and 42 Doug's new music video. Machine Gun Kelly's drummer, J.P. Capaletti, has been hospitalized after being robbed and then hit by a car in the Hollywood Hills. He is expected, though, to make a full recovery. I don't know what is going on in Hollywood where all of a sudden people are getting robbed, shot, and everything else. Goodness. There are some passings to pass along this week. Rest in peace, for instance, to Michael Godinsky. Michael was the chairman of the Mushroom Group. As stated in the Mushroom Group's official statement on his passing, quote, Michael Gadinsky was a key figure in shaping the Australian music industry. He founded the Mushroom Group in 1972 at just 20 years old, which flourished into Australia's largest independent entertainment group covering touring, record labels, publishing, merchandising, booking agencies, film and television production, and creative services. Some of Australia's most iconic albums have been released under one of his Mushroom Group record labels. His touring company, Frontier Touring, is Australia's leading promoter, touring the biggest names in global music since its inception in 1979, end quote. Michael's cause of death was not announced. Michael Gadinsky, who was lauded by many major artists, including Bruce Springsteen, was 68 years old. Rest in peace to DJ Claudio Cucciolotto, I should say. Claudio was a legendary Italian DJ and journalist. He is one of the best-known house DJs in Italy who held a residency at Goa Club in Rome. Claudio passed away after an illness. Claudio Cucciolotto was 59 years old. Rest in peace to Angel Marias. Angel was a New York City house music icon who started in the late 1980s as co-founder of the Hot and Spicy record label, along with putting out club anthems like Bodywork and To the Rhythm. 
Angel's cause of death was not announced. Angel Marias was 55 years old. Rest in peace to Bunny Whaler. Bunny was the last surviving founder or founding member of the reggae pioneers, the Whalers, as in Bob Marley and the Whalers. Bunny passed away from complications of a stroke. Bunny Whaler was 73 years old. Rest in peace to Josh Humiston. Josh was a music agent at the Agency for the Performing Arts. He became a partner in the agency in 2007, and during his time, he was the agent for Dionne Warwick, Smokey Robinson, and Judas Priest, among many, many others. Josh passed away after suffering a stroke as well. Josh Humiston was 48 years old. Rest in peace to Michael Stanley. Michael was a Cleveland disc jockey who was also in the rock band Silk and also the Michael Stanley Band and was a bit of a local Cleveland legend. Michael passed away after a bout with lung cancer. Michael Stanley was 72 years old. And finally, rest in peace to DJ Pete Zorba. Pete was a popular UK and Ibiza DJ who held a residency at the Kaluki Party in Manchester, England. Pete passed away from cancer. Pete Zorba was 45 years old. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced its list of 16 nominees for consideration for induction into the Hall recently. The nominees this year are Mary J. Blige, Kate Bush, Devo, Foo Fighters, The Go-Go's, Iron Maiden, Jay-Z, Shaka Khan, Carole King, Fela Kuti, LL Cool J, New York Dolls, Rage Against the Machine, Todd Rundgren, Tina Turner, and Dionne Warwick. And every year, the Rock Hall has a fan vote, which normally goes a long way in determining who gets into the hall. I say normally, I will explain in a few. You can, of course, go to rockhall.com to vote. You can vote once a day for five different artists. And as always, I will let you know that while I am spreading out my votes between the artists, I am definitely voting more than a few times for a few of the ones who I really want to see inducted this year. Now, the way it normally works is this. The winner of the fan vote gets in. It has worked out that way almost every year since they started the fan vote. In fact, with the exception of four times since they started the fan vote, the top three vote-getters each year were inducted into the Hall of Fame. Last year, though, and this year, I suspect, it didn't work out that way at all, as fan favorites Dave Matthews Band and Pat Benatar both didn't get in, even though they were top three in vote-getting, with the Doobie Brothers landing at number two. But the Doobie Brothers got in. Notorious B.I.G. and T-Rex, who were nowhere near even the top ten, got in last year. 
So that goes to show you because I suspect what is going on is that the fan vote is getting manipulated. For instance, this year, as of right now, the number one in terms of fan voting is an artist that I guarantee you most people have not heard of who are into rock and roll, and that is Fela Kuti. You have to literally be into world music in order to know who Fela Kuti is. The casual fan who votes on these things has no idea. And yet, as of this particular second, he is number one with 240,358 votes. My thought is that the Fela Kuti army, the fandom, has gotten a hold of this thing and has basically manipulated it. Tina Turner, by the way, is number two and is literally just behind. She has actually closed the gap up to where she is just under 5,000 votes away from Fela Kuti. The Foo Fighters are at number three. Iron Maiden's number four. The Go-Go's are number five. Carol King is at number six. Todd Rundgren, number seven. Devo is at eight. Dionne Warwick is at nine, just barely above Rage Against the Machine, who are at number 10. Shaka Khan is at number 11. Kate Bush is number 12. Mary J. Blige is 13th. New York Dolls, 14th. LL Cool J, 15th. And rounding out the group, Jay-Z at number 16. I will guarantee you that Jay-Z will be in this year, even though he is dead last in fan voting. It's just a lock. I have two locks Jay-Z is one, Foo Fighters are number two. Just saying. In any event. So, for the next few weeks, we're actually going to make the case for you to vote for two artists and hopefully change up some of this little army manipulation, as it were. This week, I'm going to make the case for putting two bands into the hall. One band actually wants to be there. The other one, honestly, they they could care less. Let's start with the band who wants to be in. The Go-Go's. They've released four studio albums. Of those, their 1981 debut album, Beauty and the Beat, hit number one and was their biggest selling album to date. They also became the first all-girl group to hit number one on the American Albums chart with that particular album. Their second album, 1982's Vacation, hit number 8. Their next album, 1984's Talk Show, hit number 18. And after that, well, they were pretty much done as a band. They broke up. They released their fourth album, a reunion album, in 2001 called God Bless the Go-Go's, which went to number 57. And since then, they've reunited a few times. They were going to go out on tour for a reunion tour in 2020, You all know what happened in 2020, so that ended. But hopefully 2021, late in the year, 2022, hopefully, we'll see. Singles-wise, they had five songs hit the top 40, with two hitting the top 10. Those songs were We Got the Beat and Vacation. Head Over Heels hit number 11. Our Lips Are Sealed hit number 20, but hit top five in Austria and Canada. Turn to You hit number 32. So, their success alone probably won't get them in. So what might? Well, 
the fact that they were one of the few all-female rock bands in the early 1980s. In fact, their early success from Beauty and the Beat helped to usher in a lot of record label-born copycats. As much as some people considered them a novelty act back then, they were actually pretty groundbreaking in the 1980s. They just didn't get their due, much like a lot of women at any point in history. While their influence on female bands from the Bangles to the Donnas is there, they have never been taken seriously by critics until very recently. So it is about time for them to finally shine, and I do hope that they actually get in this year because they deserve to be in. So with that being said, let's talk about the group that literally could care less about getting into the hall. However, they still deserve to be inducted, so I hope they get in as well. First off, let's just talk in general about heavy metal, which gets a serious lack of respect from the Hall and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame specifically, but any Hall, to be honest with you. I actually went down the list of inductees over the past 40 years now, give or take, and found something kind of shocking there aren't really that many pure heavy metal groups in, even though it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Led Zeppelin's there, but they're mainly hard rock with the blues mixed in. They're not really heavy metal. Black Sabbath, Metallica, and ACDC are in, but I'm not so sure ACDC really qualifies as heavy metal. That's more like power hard rock, you might say. See, when I think of heavy metal, I think of acts like Iron Maiden, Motorhead, groups like that. These are groups that came out of the Great Britain economic struggles of the 1970s. Countries had high unemployment, especially the youth, and there was a lot of social unrest with riots and strikes, especially in England. The heavy metal movement came from that strife, so when you think about it, these groups should be perfect for the hall, and yet... Not many of them are. It's Black Sabbath and Metallica, technically. So with that in mind, let's talk about Iron Maiden. Despite the fact that most of Iron Maiden's songs have never been played on the radio or on television on MTV, they're still one of the most successful rock acts in history, putting out 40 albums and selling over 100 million records, with most of those albums actually going top 10. They're number 24 on the VH100's Greatest Artists of Hard Rock list, number 4 on MTV's Top 10 Greatest Heavy Metal Bands of All Time list. Influence? Oh, yeah, yeah. they've influenced plenty. Let us start with Hall of Famer's Metallica. And then let's just slide on into Slayer, Avenged Sevenfold, Trivium, Slipknot, Fozzy, Opeth, Three Inches of Blood, Anthrax, and the list goes on and on and on and on. Besides, when you think about it, how could you not have a band who had the song Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter in the Hall? I mean, seriously. How could you not have a band like that in there? Also... Concerning the band's reputation for using satanic references, which might scare away some of these hall voters, drummer Nico McBrain has actually been a born-again Christian since 1999. So really, the whole satanic thing, that's just a myth. They don't worship Satan. So stop, really. 
Now, if you have no idea who Iron Maiden are and you want to get your feet wet with them, then go with their greatest hits album called Best of the Beast. And if you want a deep dive, then I would personally go with Killers, Number of the Beast, Power Slave, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, and No Prayer for the Dying. But really, all of their albums are excellent. The band, however, are on record as not wanting to go into the hall, including one interview with lead singer Bruce Dickinson, where he put a not-so-nice point to the whole matter. Regardless, any way you slice it, more heavy metal acts need to be in the hall, and they should start by inducting Iron Maiden in, whether they want to be in there or not. Remember, You can go to rockhall.com to vote for who you think should get in. You can vote once a day. In fact, please vote so that we can take care of this whole fan manipulation thing going on there with Fela Kuti. Next week, we're going to make the case for two more artists to be inducted. And we're going back to the ladies, Mary J. Blige and Shaka Khan. Let's move on to the chart, shall we? Starting off, as always, with the big boy, Billboard magazine. Top album, Morgan Whalen's Dangerous, the double album. Top single, Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License. BTS is the top artist and top social media artist. Top streaming song is Lil TJ and Slack with Calling My Phone. BTS's Dynamite is the top digital sales song, top sales album, and top current sales album is BTS's B.E. Top catalog album sales is Queen's Greatest Hits. BTS's B.E. is also the top independent album, and the top vinyl album is Kendrick Lamar with Good Kid, Mad City. Top adult contemporary song is The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. On the country charts, top country album, Morgan Whalen's Dangerous, the double album. Top country song, Gabby Barrett's I Hope. Top country streaming song, Morgan Whalen's Wasted on You. Top country digital sales song is Gabby Barrett's The Good Ones. On the rock charts, top rock song for the umpteenth week in a row is 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. While the top album is, again, Machine Gun Kelly's Tickets to My Downfall. Machine Gun Kelly and Black Bear's My Ex's Best Friend is the top rock streaming song. Top rock digital sales song is AJR's Bang. Top hard rock album is Queen's Greatest Hits. Top hard rock song is Foo Fighters' Waiting on a War. Top hard rock streaming song is Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, and top hard rock digital sales song is Mammoth WVH with Distance. On the alternative charts, 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood is the top alternative song for the umpteenth week in a row, the top alternative streaming song for the umpteenth week in a row. Top alternative digital sales song, though, is AJR's Bang. 
Meanwhile, for the umpteenth week in a row, the top alternative album is Taylor Swift's Evermore. On the rap chart, Cardi B has the top rap song and the top rap digital sales song. Top rap album is Pop Smoke, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. Top rap streaming song is Lil TJ and Slack's Calling My Phone. On the R&B charts, Chris Brown and Young Thug's Go Crazy is the top R&B song. Top R&B album is The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. Top R&B streaming song is The Weeknd. I'm sorry, The Weeknd's Blinding Lights is a top R&B streaming song. Top R&B album is The Weeknd's The Highlights, which is his greatest hits album. Meanwhile, top R&B digital sales song is Andrew Day's Rise Up. Globally on the Billboard charts, the number one song with or without the United States' is numbers for the fourth week in a row, I believe now, Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license. On the Latin charts, Bad Bunny rules yet again, but with different songs this time. Bad Bunny and Jay Cortez's Dakidi is the top Latin song again and the top Latin streaming song again. Meanwhile, the top Latin digital sales song is actually another one from Bad Bunny. This one is with Rosalia, and it is La Noche de Anoche. And as always, the top Latin album is Bad Bunny's El Ultimo Tu del Mundo. I think there's only been maybe one or two weeks in the past year where he has not had the top Latin album. Top Latin pop album has changed. It is not Selena's The Ones this week. This time it is Cali Uchis with Sin Miedo, Del Amor y Otros Demonios. Nice title. Of Love and Other Demons. Interesting. Top Canadian song, Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License. Top Canadian album, Morgan Whalen's Dangerous the Double Album. Top Canadian digital sales song Pink and Willow Sage Heart with Cover Me in Sunshine. Willow Sage Heart is actually Pink's daughter. Top Canadian adult contemporary song Justin Bieber and Chance the Rapper's Holy. Top Canadian country song is Thomas Rhett's What's Your Country Song. Top Canadian rock song is Foo Fighters Waiting on a War. Top K-pop song in South Korea itself is, for the umpteenth week in a row, IU with Celebrity. Meanwhile, across the pond on the UK side, Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License is the top song. Top album is Slow Ties, Tyron. Uh, top UK digital sales song is Nathan Evans's Wellerman, which also happens to be the top Euro digital sales song. In France, top digital sales song is Grand Corps Malade or Malade and Camilla Leochi with Maïs Jatem. And I know I butchered half of that. Meanwhile, in Germany, Nathan Evans and Wellerman is the top German song. And for another week in a row, Schiller's Summer in Berlin is the top German album. For some strange reason, and I'm assuming it has to do with a commercial or something, 
Billy Joel's Piano Man is the top digital sales song in, of all places, Spain. I can't figure it out either, but there it is. In Australia, the top Australian album is, for the second week in a row, The Rubens with 0202, which, of course, is 2020 backwards. And the top Australian digital sales song is Pink with Willow Sage Heart, Cover Me in Sunshine. As always, the EDM charts are on the EDM podcast. That drops every Tuesday, 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4 a.m. in Chicago, 2 a.m. in L.A., 10 a.m. in London, 11 a.m. in Paris, high noon in Moscow. Meanwhile, on other charts, Apple's top album is Kings of Leon with When You See Yourself. Top single is Bruno Mars and Anderson Pock, better known these days as Silk Sonic, with Leave the Door Open. Globally, on Spotify streaming chart, number one is Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License. Meanwhile, in America and the U.K., the top streaming song on Spotify is Lil TJ and Slack's Calling My Phone. YouTube, things get weird. And by weird, well, you'll see. YouTube America's top song is Pooh Shiesty and Lil Dirk with Back in the Blood. 9.19 million views. Top artist for YouTube America is Young Boy Never Broke Again with 42.6 million views. And top music video in America is Pooh Shiesty and Lil Dirk with Back in Blood with 7.49 million views. I should explain that the top song for YouTube America is actually YouTube music, not a, as opposed to, I should say, the top music video, which is music video views. Top song is the top song views in America. So there you go. And that's why there's a bit of a difference between the 9.19 million songs for Pooh Shiesty as opposed to his video, which is actually 7.49 million. On the UK charts, things get weird again. Top song is Lil TJ and Slack with Calling My Phone with 1.36 million views. Top artist, though, is Eminem with 4.83 million views. Top music video is Diggity's Blue Woo with 1.09 million views. Globally, this is where it gets a little weird. And I only say that because I think there's been a change. This chart used to be extremely Western music-centric. And by that I mean uh, pop, R&B, rock, maybe some K-pop thrown in for good measure, on occasions country. Now the entire global chart is literally dominated by music from India. My assumption is that either YouTube expanded their presence in India or there's been a rule change to allow India to actually dominate because literally the top song globally for YouTube, the top 10 songs, as a matter of fact, globally for YouTube are all from India. 
Same thing with the top music videos and actually top music artists. You don't get anything close to being Western per se, and that's stereotypical traditional Western, until you get to, say, Bad Bunny or maybe even BTS or Blackpink or The Weeknd. By the way, those are the only four artists in the top 20 on any YouTube global chart. So there you go. So with that being said, the top song and the top music video is Jubin Nautial, Nautial, I should say, and Emron Hashi with Loot Gay. That got 64.8 million views globally, in terms of song at least. In terms of their music video, it got 44.6 million views. That's how crazy the chart is these days. And, by the way, the top artist is also from India. It's Alka Ragnik with 373 million views. Would love to see Ariana Grande get that many views. That's amazing. Wow. On the other charts, hits dailydouble.com, top album, Morgan Whalen's Dangerous, the double album. Song revenue for another week is Lil TJ and Slack with Calling My Phone. This week, making $119,198 U.S. with weekly sales revenue of $1,520 on 1,700 units sold and streaming revenue of $117,678 on 21,379,000 streams. Again, that's only six-tenths of a penny per stream. Buy your music. There you go. Support your artists. Just for the record, that's actually British numbers. They don't do this chart in America, unfortunately. Last week's number one, which was, again, Lil TJ and Slack's Calling My Phone, actually made a lot more, made last week 168000 as opposed to 119000 this week. So there you go. Shazam's top U.S. single is Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License. The UK, though, it has changed. It is now ATB Topic and A7S with Your Love, 9 p.m. BBC One Radio's top single is Tiesto's The Business. BBC Two Radio's top single is Jesse Ware's Remember Where You Are. Rolling Stone Magazine's top song is Cardi B's Up with 12.9 million streams. Top album is Morgan Whalen's Dangerous the Double Album. Top streamed artist is Morgan Whalen with 80 million streams. Top trending song is NF's new one. It's Clouds. And the breakthrough artist for February was Pusheisty. And this upcoming week, you will get new albums from, among others, Brent Funkhauser, I Hate God, and that is spelled I as in what's in your head, what you're looking at or with, hate, and G-O-D, just in case you're looking for this album. Rob Zombie has a new one. It's the Lunar Injection Kool-Aid Eclipse Conspiracy. And there's a new one from Valerie June called The Moon and Stars Prescriptions for Dreamers. And that is it for Music History Today, the weekly edition podcast number 200. 
Thank you very, very much for listening. Audio engineering and editing, video editing, writing, narration, basically everything having to do with this podcast is done by yours truly. You can find us on our website at cjbtproductions.com. Our podcast is on all of your favorite podcast providers, such as Apple Music, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, etc., all under Music History Today. If you would like to support this podcast, our Patreon can be found at patreon.com backslash music history today we are also on twitter at music history day and you can now find us on youtube don't forget to like subscribe and hit that notification bell anytime you want to know exactly what videos are dropped and when all of those links can be found in the show notes below thank you very very much for listening